0: You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network.
1: Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when well,
0: you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time. to Opens up the floor.
1: Reads a drop down. Kobe. Deep, yeah. oh. Blocked by LeBron! That basketball will never be the same! So that now is entered the frame. Whoa. Whoa.
0: Whoa. Hey. 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 Wait a minute. Whoa. Wait a minute. Come on. wait a minute. Easy. And we are back on Hardwood Radio. Not even 24 hours before the trade deadline, Ben, since the All-Star Game on Sunday. It's been quite a crazy week. Uh, trades, firing, hiring, crazy, crazy stories. Let's just start by the trade that happened like an hour ago.
1: Yes. Um, basically, the um, the Washington Wizards were looking all the week to bolster their bench. Because if you guys have been following uh, the NBA, the Wizards are one of the best teams in the league when John Wall and uh, Bradley Beal are on the floor, but they're dropping off a cliff afterwards. So um, their first—I know their second target. Pardon me. Their first target was traded before. Their second target, uh, Boyan Bogdanovic from the um, from the uh, uh, um, Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Nets uh, yeah. was acquired uh, alongside with a very intriguing prospect Chris McKilla. If you guys don't remember McKilla, he was rumored. To go top five in the 2015 draft until it blew his uh it blew his acl and got his girlfriend pregnant <laughs> so he declared so he declared at the draft injured and was drafted 29th by the uh by, by the nets so um so that was uh that was a problem for him but he's still a very explosive a very promising uh power forward so the wizards acquired bogdanovich and chris McKilla for um, a very reasonable haul, actually, for Andrew Nicholson, who was on his first year of a four-year deal and uh, first-round draft pick. Um, if you guys uh, have been following the, the podcast since last year, it's the second time in two years that Ernie Grunfeld does that. He's a terrible drafter, so he <laughs> trades his first-round draft picks for immediate help. He Last year, he got Marquise Morris, and this year, he got Boyan Bogdanovic, who who should be very serviceable from the bench he should be a very good uh, a very good um, uh, um he's very good instead offense kind of guy he's a swing man he plays means he plays um shooting guard and small forward and mccullough should be good uh, good uh, known commodity for the future um and what do the, what are the uh, nets getting <clears throat> they're getting a uh, very cheap rotational player who still shows some intrigue and they're getting a first rounder like they're not getting a first rounder that's going to be like um below 20 i think i think it's going to be way way into the 20s but they have two first round draft picks this year so the uh, gm the their new gm sean Marks, is sending a message he's rebuilding a team at his image so i think Value-wise, the Nets have lost that trade, but only slightly. But um, they're 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 taking ownership of their future, uh, despite that they're right now suffering the consequences of the terrible trades they were subjected to by their prior GM. So it's going to be all good in the big picture.
0: We're going to talk about that Boogie cousin trade in a few minutes. But something else happened on Monday. Yes. This uh, Actually, no, on Tuesday, there was a clean sweep in L.A. Miss Bus has decided to fire the brother, fire the entire front office, and replace it with a legend of the Lakers. Probably the best, if not the second best legend ever in the Lakers history. It's Will Chamberlain and Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, the new president of basketball operations for the L.A. Lakers, can you explain to us Ben the timeline of how it happened the firing why did she fire her brother and should have she fired him before because in the press conference yesterday she actually apologized to the supporters of the team for <laughs> firing uh, the brother but not soon enough she actually have fired him long ago but uh, <laughs> what can you tell us about what happened in LA yesterday
1: so in order to understand what happened in LA you need to understand um, a little bit of the of the Lakers history. The Lakers were owned for many, many years by uh, a guy named Jerry Buss that was amicably named Dr. Buss, who was one of the best owners in the history of the NBA. That guy guy knew how to sell LA to superstars. He knew how to hire good basketball people. He was a good basketball person himself. He knew the sport, so the Lakers always drafted well, traded smartly, and you guys know the rest like historically the the the, <laughs> the the lakers have always been great because at the top like the owner dr bus was always doing things right and that changed when dr bus fell ill and died um Jeannie was given uh, his daughter genie was given the team and her brother uh, jim was given the control of basketball operations and jim bus doesn't know the first thing about basketball like he he drove the team basically where it is right now, and um, and like in a complete in an almost complete dead end. They have some interesting pieces, but there's no end to that rebuild inside. So Jeannie, after a couple of years of power struggle, um, she decided just to fire her brother and fire uh, her his right hand man uh, Mitch Kopchak, who had been. With the Lakers for 36 years. Wow. In fact, I, I find the firing of Kupchak a little uh, unfair because he was doing a good job with what he was handled. He was he was um, he was steering the ship in the right direction, uh, despite being despite like um, <laughs> despite like having like a such a, a humongous task at hand.
0: Yeah, such but having hey. a bad team, but yeah.
1: <laughs> but hey, now Magic Johnson is in charge.
0: Well, here's my here's my questioning though. Yes. Like if you look, if you listen to the vertical from last Sunday and look at all the different places where you get your NBA news, Ben, you yes. do know that in the, the Boogie cousin trade that we're going to talk about the next few minutes, there was two team in the gun for him at the yes. end in the running. Oh, for him.
1: that's an. Int- I see where you're getting. Continue. I see where you're going. There was the Pelicans
0: and the Lakers, and it's not yes. a coincidence that the day after Boogie gets traded and the Lakers didn't get him, the general manager loses his job. I do not think it's a coincidence there has to be a correlation between the two the lakers were the, the, the they actually had the trade done but the lakers changed their mind at the last second of which asset to give to the kings and the kings turned themselves around went to the pelicans and be like all right we're getting it done but the lakers were the team that were really in the running at the end so i don't think it's a co- i don't think it's a coincidence it is related that's why the gm lost his job because it didn't get boogie cousin
1: It is not a coincidence. It is totally related. The story I heard was that the pressure was on uh, Mick Skowchak and John Boss since the beginning of the season. And this was their last-ditch attempt to uh, save their job. And um, the asset they refused to hand out was uh, Brandon Ingram, the second pick overall in the last draft. Now, I like Ingram as much as the next guy. I think he has potential to become a Paul George type of player in the LB, in the NBA. But it's a big if. I mean, like there's a lot of things that have to go right for uh, Ingram to develop the right way. Are we sure he's never going to be as is going to be as good <laughs> as Boogie Cousins one day? Are we sure about that? It's always a risk. If, yeah, exactly, if you're I, right. If I had been uh, Mitch Kupchak, I would have done that trade in a heartbeat. I would have traded for Boogie uh, bad reputation or not, in a heartbeat, and I would have swayed. I would have swayed him away from the Pelicans.
0: Now I'm gonna give our English listeners a French expression right now, Ben, and you're gonna understand what I mean. Un vaut deux que tu l'aura. What it does it mean? Is one right now is better than two tomorrow. So. Yes. Having Boogie Cousin, a proven NBA player right now for your team, is better than having a prospect that might be good for your team in the next few years. Prospect, you never know what can happen. An injury can happen. An ACL, and he's never the same player. Or money gets to his his head, fame, and then, especially with the bright lights of LA, you cannot be the same player. So a good proven superstar right now is better than a superstar down the road.
1: And especially if you send him to Sacramento, I mean, like you're basically killing the poor kid's career. Yeah, um, poor,
0: and and is and is fun because what do you want to do in Sacramento? There's nothing to do.
1: Well, Boogie loved the, loved the city. I mean, he just got uh, he just got blindsided by the uh, he just got blindsided by the management. But anyway,
0: <laughs> speaking of blindsided, that moment when he. He learns that he's get traded. It's kind of like a Ralph Wiggins moment. You know, when his heart gets broken on national TV at Krusty the (laughs) Chow. It's kind of the same moment where he's like, you're traded to Like, oh, really? Really? Oh, oh, oh. All right, then. All right. Five minutes later, he was fine with it.
1: He didn't know. Like, he didn't know. Like, here's the thing with the uh, last thing I want to say about the Lakers beforehand is that um, Magic Johnson is now in charge and a lot of people are making fun of him. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen, but there are some old tweets by Magic Johnson with terrible (laughs) basketball analysis uh, that came out. And I'm urging you listeners to take these tweets with a grain of salt. Uh, Magic Johnson is a public animal. He has never criticized anything publicly um, uh, from any basketball team. So he was just trying to be nice. I mean, of course... (laughs) It's ridiculous that Michael uh, Carter-Williams. Michael carter, well, Michael carter Williams is not the next Jason kid. The All-Waiters was not the answer to the Thunder's problem. Anyway, <laughs> his first, his first big decision was to hire Rob Pelinka, uh, the famous agent, uh, as a uh, GM, which would be confirmed officially in a couple of days once he assigns his agency over to his uh, seconds in command <laughs> and and um, he's going to do fine. Like, Rob Palenka is a great basketball person, and it's a great uh, decision for the Lakers' future.
0: Now, it's time to talk about the trade of all trade. Yes. Can you remember a player in any sport getting traded during the All-Star Game? This is like something out of a movie, out of a book. I hope there's a book written on that trade because it deserves it. A player, superstar, traded during the All-Star Game To the team of the city where the All-Star game is actually held at. That's kind of like, it has to be a first.
1: It's completely insane. Uh, It's a very Sacramento Kings-esque move to do. (laughs) Also, I mean, nothing about this team makes sense whatsoever. These guys are completely completely off their rocker. Um, Boogie Cousins didn't know he was going to be traded. Boogie Cousins said... Uh, uh, the Thursday before the um, the um, uh, the All-Star Game, yeah. he said to the journalists, I want to finish my career in Sacramento. I want to have my jersey in the rafter after I retired.
0: Oh, oh it hurts.
1: And his agent said, we had no idea. And like that Vladis said, we were not going to be traded. And what happens? He's traded... <laughs> <laughs> for a package that redefines ten cents on the dollar, <laughs> I,
0: at least there's Buddy Yield. When I was, I, I thought about you because I know you like Buddy. I was like, okay, so two guards and a forward in the guard, but Buddy Yield is the biggest name out of the three in a draft pick, a two draft pick actually.
1: I love Buddy, but he is not material of being traded for uh, Boogie Cousins. Like <laughs> buddy he's, and boogie. he's, he's a good one, you know. A week earlier, uh, Buddy, uh, like the uh, the Pelicans were playing the Kings, and Buddy hit uh, was kicked out of the game for hitting Boogie in the nuts, which <laughs> which is very weird. They traded uh, one. They're traded one for the other. Uh, Bo- uh, Buddy Heald is is a um, very talented shooter. He is a complementary piece. Um, He's not the Stephen Curry like the King's owner wants to believe. He's never going to be Stephen Curry. He's not anywhere near the ball handler. He's not anywhere near the finisher at the rim. But he's a good shooter. And, like, my only worry with Buddy is that he's he's getting getting, um, an enormous level of expectation put on him. And he cannot deliver everything. Um, So, basically, the package was Buddy healed. Tyreek Evans, who began his career as a Sacramento uh, Sacramento King, who is now being a corpse in New Orleans for the last three years. <laughs> I mean, like they traded for the corpse of Tyreek Evans. Like that guy's out of here at the at the, the, the offseason. Langston Galloway, an next nick which I love very much. Uh, a, a top three protected pick for this year. So if the Pelicans miss the playoffs and win the, the lottery somehow, yeah. they keep their pick. And But I think that with Boogie, they're going to do the playoffs. And a second pick for this year, too. So not even two first-round draft picks. Um, apparently, the Raptors are the Hartford, Jonas, Valencia, Jonas, and the first-rounder, which is an immensely better offer. Uh, I, I, I don't understand why they did this trade. Um, Bill Simmons mounted a very spirited defen- defense of this trade on the NBA Ringer podcast saying that yeah it was probably the only trade available i i am not sure about that i think that someone was bound to up the ante if they had not pulled the trigger um, but uh, when the, your player's value is so low yeah. and what when people keep lowballing you what do you do
0: <laughs> yeah you do. don't
1: trade your player you keep no. him like you yeah. you make you make him sign this extension and then like you work on creating value again like apparently what bugged vivek ranadive what changed his mind is that he said uh that boogie said fuck the warriors (laughs) in an interview like a week before he was traded and while while it's it's a bit clumsy i admit i like the feeling i mean that why should he answer questions about the warriors why should he care about the warriors i mean he's not playing on them you're right. Uh, and I don't know why it freaked Vivek Ranadive out, but he traded his franchise players for 10 cents on the dollars. And <laughs> now Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins are going to play together in New Orleans. And it will either be very successful or terrible to watch.
0: Oh, Vladdy, Vladdy. It's funny that you mentioned the Urban Magic Johnson tweet because as we're talking Mm. right now on Canadian television, Tim had said they're showing a lot of the tweets of Magic Johnson from 2014. Oh, when he said congratulations to the Knicks for the hire of a champion like Phil Jackson. Oh, that was a classic uh, tweet.
1: He he, uh, congratulated them for the hire of Derek Fisher as a coach too, and we all know how it turned down. Uh, it, it it ended up being really terrible for for the the, yeah. the Knicks and and but these tweets by Magic they're just <laughs> like PR. Ma- Magic is a PR machine, is an animal uh, that lives off a public relationship. Don't don't take these tweets for money because they aren't.
0: And uh, to be quite fair, I'm not sure those tweets are not sponsored either. So. Oh,
1: that's, <laughs> that would be very possible. But um, just to finish up with Boogie Cousins. He will uh, he will play in New Orleans. He will play on the biggest and most talented front line of the NBA alongside Anthony Davis. I have no idea who is going to be the top dog among these among these two. They might end up hating each other, but it might just work. And if it works, if they're able to share the floor together, man, it's going to suck being a guard and going uh, to the rim against the uh, against the um, Against the Pelicans. I will, I will really, I will like shoot. I would only shoot threes if I face the Pelicans from now on.
0: (laughs) Speaking of shooting threes, let's talk about the three-point challenge. Because your man, Chris Porzingis, has become the tallest man ever to win the Mm three-point challenge in the NBA All-Star Game. How did you feel about your man? Uh, let me cor-
1: let me correct you he uh, he won the skills challenge
0: oh that, that that's uh, that's when the one I met that's when I met
1: yes um, it's the second year in a row that the bigs win it. Uh, I've seen round two and round three uh, and he finished in in the finals against Gordon Hayward from Utah and honestly I think this contest is really boring. I don't even know why it exists. <laughs> I was doing like obstacle courses like this when I was playing basketball when I was 13 years old. Nice. Uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay that the Knicks gets some of the love, but really, like everyone watches the the All Star game, the All Star Saturday for the three point contest and for the dunk contest afterwards, which were both terrible. Oh well,
0: I wanted to touch on the slam dunk contest. I was told it was the worst ever. Uh, The ones I saw. The drone falling, the ball not falling. It wasn't, let's just put it that way, it wasn't the best dunk contest at all. And uh, it quite actually makes me think, might me rethink the use and the necessity of that contest as
1: a whole. I No, I like the contest. I think we should keep it. But the problem, there was two problems this year. First of all, Zach Levine got injured. And he's out for the season, so he could not defend his title against Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Aaron Gordon invented dunks that were too difficult for any human being to to execute. Like that 360 East Bay falling down from the drone was impossible to pull off. Like he took four times to pull off. And I suspect like they lowered the drone in order to help him do it like... It, he, that was in the pocket for him. He would have won, but he just really made like crazy decisions with like insane dunks that are impossible to do. Um, I liked some of the dunks this year. I think some of them were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Robinson jumping over two people was extremely impressive, <laughs> and I re- and I really like um, I really liked uh, DeAndre Jordan's 180. I thought he was I thought it was really sick. But otherwise, it was just a lot of like like Derek Jones. I had high hopes for Derek Jones, but Derek Jones had absolutely no creativity. He did dunks that were done that were done like all time before. <laughs> so uh, it was like I had more fun watching the three-point contest because the guy I said who would who would win if Clay Thompson got eliminated won, Eric Gordon.
0: Well, yeah and uh, just to finish on the all-star weekend because it's nothing special but there was one moment ben in the all-star game that made the world go round once again that made everything right with the world that made for a great moment is when kevin durant got that pass no look (laughs) alley hoop to westbrook who dunked and finished it they both looked at each other a little wink a little nod and all is good with the world
1: I don't think so. <laughs> I think they <laughs> just did it. I think they just did it for for kicks. But there's there's still some tension uh, between both guys. Um, I saw I saw the game they played in Oklahoma City, and there are clearly some tension between both teams. Uh, they did it just for fun. I'm pretty sure Steve Kerr kind of twisted their arms <laughs> into doing it. Come with, on, guys.
0: With... Come on. Let's do hula hoop. And- Have fun.
1: Exactly, saying like I'm going to shame you on public television if you guys don't do it. <laughs> I'll give Something you guys I, like,
0: a thousand bucks. Do it.
1: Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is that is that type of guy, but it was fun. Um, but I don't think anybody bought it. I don't think anybody like <laughs> that really follows basketball. Like it's like what's going on between these two guys is borderline engineer drama. But I don't think anybody bought that. Like they like one Halley hoop would make everything fine again.
0: Well, I say it's engineer drama like you, just because if nobody would ask him questions about it, it would never like ramp up. It would never get bigger. But because everybody asked him questions about it, oh, did you talk to Kevin? Did you talk to Russell? Do you guys mm-hmm. made up? Do you guys talk to each other? Come on, what's wrong? So it gets worse and worse every single time. And there's the elephant in the room whenever they're both present in that said room. So it'll be interesting to see if they ever do man defenses but for now it was jo- uh, just a moment during the all-star game ben we're, we're like 24 hour, not even removed from the yes. trade deadline big trades already happened this week yes is there a potential because there's a lot of rumors right now paul george yes. another name who is going to move uh, a big superstar up until tomorrow's deadline
1: there was one more trade we didn't touch before i before i get into it um the La- los angeles lakers and the newly minted uh Basketball uh, President of Basketball Operations, uh, Magic Johnson, traded Lou Williams to the Houston Rockets in return for Corey Brewer and a first-round pick this year. Um, It's interesting because uh, because (laughs) Lou Williams will make Houston a lot better than they are already because they're going to get another 40% three-point shooter on the floor who is going to thrive uh, in that offensive system. And in returns, the um, the returns were a little meager for uh, the Lakers. Um, uh, Corey Brewer is a nice player, but he's a rotational piece, and he's a guy who can get limited offense. I think they could have wrenched a little more out of, could have wrenched a little more out of the um, out of the Rockets, maybe a KJ McDaniels or something. But it's it's a statement transaction, right? It's a statement trade, like. Things are going to move forward from now on under Magic Johnson. And message has been heard, I believe. So as far as rumors, uh, there's a lot of things going on right now. My favorite rumor is uh, involves the Knicks. Apparently, Derek Rose is a very, uh, it's a very demanded commodity. Um, uh, Derek Rose, Brandon Jennings and Kylo Quinn are very requested amongst teams. And um, Derek Rose Woods uh, and the in the strongest rumor, Derek Rose will go to Minnesota and reunite with his old coach Tom Thibodeau. Interesting against um, Ricky Rubio. Oh I, I am praying to the gods of basketball for the trans for the straight to go down because Ricky Rubio is a much player much better player than uh, than Derrick Rose at this point of their career, and I think everybody, everyone involved knows that. Uh, so I think that like the holdup is that uh, Tom Thibodeau is trying to get the Knicks to gobble some salary, maybe to trade for um, Jordan Hill's corpse. Uh, Jordan Hill's that guy with the weird haircut, that's just rotting away on people's bench since like 2008. He was originally drafted by the Knicks, so it would be a very uh, ironic thing to uh, to trade for him again so that's that's an interesting one and i have uh you know coach shelby we was on the yeah. podcast before um he is i've been texting back and forth with him this week and he was like no no that's not, i don't want derek rose keep him keep i don't back. want him he's terrible i'm like oh yeah it's like i'm gonna vomit if this <laughs> happens i'm like i'm like i'm like what are you talking about coach it's great It's a great gonna have Ricky Rubio, and he's going to make—he's uh, <laughs> going to play in Jeff Hardisek's offense. It's gonna be awesome. Um, uh, there's a lot of Paul George noise going on today. Um, apparently, uh, the, like Paul George, apparently was an untouchable until this afternoon, <laughs> where Larry Bird started fielding calls about him, seeing what would be his worth on the market. The thing is with Paul George is that he's an unrestricted free agent. In 2018 and <laughs> it's not been going the right way with Indiana right now like they're not evolving in the right direction at all and so do they want to bet on him and keep him and like try to get random players in order to make him happy like they've been doing all all season long or do they want to cash out on Paul George and start again and it's a valid question um, uh, there's already one superstar that was traded this week. Why not two? <laughs> Why not? And then there's really only two teams who have the assets to mount an interesting offer. And the only the, the, the lead team in contention are the Boston Celtics.
0: Celtics Boston... Are, are looking to make a lot of moves in the uh, in this ease of trade deadline because we talked about this before. They either want asset or need asset. They have a lot of uh, a lot of, tra- of uh, picks for the next few years, so they can do yes. stuff with them. So it will be interesting what they actually do until tomorrow. Uh, be- before finishing the show, uh, Ben, usually yes. we do prospect of the week, but this yes. week I have something special for you. I have a, yes, a, a new segment called Kevin's Weekly Suggestion. A- yes. And this week is for all my sneaker fanatic that are listening to this show right now. If you are a Jordan fanatic, a sneaker fanatic, or just a history fanatic, I have a show for you. Go to Netflix. We all know you all subscribe to Netflix. We all do. So go to Netflix. Look at that top screen. You have a, a lot of nice and shiny letters in different color called Abstract. This is a series about art. But go to episode number two. It's about sneaker art. It's about the oh. Jordans. It's about how Tinker oh. Hatfield revolutionized the Air Jordan line with the Air Jordan 3 and the whole history of him and Jordan and how they oh, work together. Interesting. It's amazingly interesting. And then you have some insights on Jordan's career because how Jordan was talking to designer Hadfield mm-hmm. to create the shoes about what he likes, what he doesn't like. It's fascinating. Mid, uh, it gives you an insight in the 90s and two thousand in the NBA world and how in the fashion world, how that line, that iconic emblem of Jordan dunking that became the silhouette of air jordan It became a brand that still to this day is the most sold sneaker ever this brand is it's very fascinating to see how it all devolved from tinker's hatfield's mind from portland mm. oregon and how it evolved with michael jordan
1: how long are the episodes
0: about 45 minutes so episode number two is about 45 oh. minutes it's i'm telling you it's fascinating you basketball heads will love it you sneaker heads will love it and all you docs heads We'll love it too, cause it's a documentary. It's on Netflix, and it's pretty good.
1: I might just, I might just do this. I might just bang it out tonight.
0: <laughs> ben, anything you want to add until the before the trade deadline uh, tomorrow? Uh,
1: no, watch for the Celtics if they're going to if they're going to trade. Probably going to be for Paul George or for Andrew Bogut as a fallback options. Uh, watch for the Knicks. Watch for the Houston Rockets and watch for the improbable trades that will probably (laughs) happen because this is the NBA. There was Sparta before, and like (laughs) the new Sparta is the NBA.
0: All right. Stay tuned to the Sports Podcasting Network for a few shows coming Monday. And if possible, me and Ben will try to get in touch to hammer out something to uh, resume and to talk about the trades. That will happen up until tomorrow. But until next time, Ben, as always, have a good basketball. You too. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.